You are listening to The Benchcast with your hosts, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. And I am here with our good buddy, Garrison Red, Big Money G on Instagram. How we doing today, fella? I'm doing pretty good. Just came from training, getting that bench up. The road to 2020. No days off. So for those of you who don't know, Big Money G, he is a Paralympic athlete training for the 2020 Games. That is the Olympics. That is big time. When is that, Tokyo? Tokyo. It'll be in Tokyo. That is going to be something. Definitely is. Garrison actually is a fashion model as well. I see those pics up on Instagram looking good. <laughs> Motivational speaker. Got to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, inspirational speaker. He's done a TED Talk before. That's big time. And then he has his own, I guess you'd call it organization. Yeah, or it's a foundation. nonprofit organization called the Garrison Red Project. Dot org. So that's a little bit about Big Money G. And I wanted to start talking to you first on that awesome opportunity for the 2020 Games. That's big time. That's like, that's top of the athletics right there. So, yeah, Olympics. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, man. Um, how how that come up? All right. So let me give you a little um background. It's it, it's it's an amazing story how I got that opportunity. Um, honestly, it was a less than a year ago. I was working out in a gym, and a gentleman came up to me, and he looked. He's you know, just looked and he's like, yo, you're in shape. You're in great shape. Have you ever tried any adaptive sports? So I told him, no, you know, I just work out just to look good in my t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, yo, come out to my wheelchair football team. We having a practice and I think you'll make a good fit for my team. So I, I thought about it and I showed up to the practice. Now playing wheelchair football wasn't my thing. Um, even though I have a background in playing football prior to my injury. Um, So I met a gentleman out there and he just told, informed me that he could make me an Olympian. (laughs) He said, I got the determination, the will, and I just need to go for it. So he connected me with the best track team in the nation, which is the New Jersey Navigators. So I'm training for track this approximately February, February, March, um, around that time span. And I had a meet in May, a track meet in May, which was also hosting a powerlifting competition. So I went to the powerlifting competition. I had no prior training in powerlifting or the powerlifting bench press in adaptive sports because it's a bit different. Usually most individuals bench press with their legs on the floor However, in para sports, you have to bench press with your legs up, elevated. Yeah. And I entered the competition and come to find out, I put up a mark that was one of the top in the nation at the time, which weighing in at 120 pounds, I lifted approximately 235 pounds, 240 pounds because yeah. the weight's three kilos. From there, two days later, I received a message on Facebook from the Team USA performance manager stating that I need to begin training for Team USA. So that's how it came about. It was pretty much overnight. 
It was one meet. I did pretty well. And from there, it's just been um, training after training. And I actually got invited to the Olympic Training Center where I was able to bench press 275 pounds, weighing in about 126 pounds, which that occurred a few months after the first meet I attended. And what did you say? You've only been doing this for a year now? Less than a year. It was big. And powerlifting, May of 2017, I started. Memorial Weekend. That was the first time I ever powerlifted in parasports. That is impressive. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been fast. Started. Things been moving pretty fast. <laughs> that is a big jump. How they uh, how they find out uh, about your uh, performance there? Was that a video or something? Um, actually, it was a sanctioned meet, um, a Paralympic sanctioned meet at that, where wow. they input the amounts of your lifts into this a uh, particular system, and that's where I, everything occurred from there because it was ranked. So. Due to the ranking, I jumped to the top of the ranking list. Usually that spot is designated for Team USA individuals that's already on the team. So it was a bit peculiar when they seen another individual at the top of the list and they wasn't a part of the team. That's it. You never know. Exactly. You never know until you try. Yeah. So I want to, I got to ask. Yeah. Why weren't you into the football? <laughs> um, I wasn't, really, I wasn't really interested in like falling on the floor. And Does that happen often at that? Yeah, yeah. These guys are, they're incredible athletes. They are the most willing, determined athletes I've ever seen. They, they have no fear at all, none whatsoever. So they're crashing into you, you know, at speeds in a wheelchair that, I wasn't too cool with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh that it seems like it'd be a lot. Yeah, if you ever seen um it's a sport called wheelchair rugby. So that's where murder ball originated from. And a lot of the individuals that played football are former rugby players, former wheelchair rugby players. And if you ever get a chance, take a look at murder ball. It's actually a movie. And it'll show their the, these athletes and how sick they are when they come to you know competing <laughs> i can only imagine I mean, rugby is one of those real tough sports yeah so imagine yeah. wheelchair rugby it's, it's like steel chairs and stuff and you're banging into <laughs> the, the wwe of uh wheelchair football athletics yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i want to talk a little bit about that training center trip so you got invited uh to go down where is it denver colorado um colorado springs actually Colorado Springs, and that was at the Olympic Training Center. Yep, and that had to be something. I mean, I remember you were you were talking about that trip, and you said it's like a whole campus. They got their own weight room. Why don't you just give us a little background on some of the stuff you saw, what you did there, maybe okay. some of the food they had. <laughs> well, to start, it's like Disneyland for athletes. Um, there's tons of different discipline sports that's held out there. Um, some athletes are residents. Some athletes just come out there to train for a certain period of time. I actually got to meet with a lot of the team USA boxers because they was training. They was in training camp at the time out there. Also, I met a few swimmers. I I was shown where Michael Phelps stayed. I stayed in a particular dorm room that was adjacent to where 
the swimmers typically stay at. Um, everything, the food is wonderful, and the is nutritionist. There's <laughs> nutritionist. Want to know about those? <laughs> like every type of cuisine you could think of. So it's a buffet. <laughs> That's- not only there's a buffet, there's also a grill where they make, you know, like burgers, steaks, right then and there for you to your liking. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome. You could go to the cafeteria as many times as you want throughout the day. That's got to be pretty tough, though, because you're a weight class athlete. So exactly, exactly. You got to stay 123 pounds and somewhere very close. Yeah, so, so you got to watch a little bit, right? Yeah, I typically, you know, I stick to a pretty strict regimen. Um, I don't overdo it. I I don't really necessarily calorie count, but I do. I am cautious of what I take into my body, and I don't overindulge. I stay away from the sweets because that's where the pounds get packed on at with those carbohydrates. So yeah, I want to I wanted to touch on your nutrition. So I think now's you know just as good a time as any. And we're already talking about it. Um, so what do you eat during the day? Because you gotta obviously stay within reach of that weight class. You, know, you have a huge opportunity. I don't know what it's like jumping up another weight class, but I'm sure you want to stay around your 123 mark. Um, so what, like, what? How do you control like your body weight? Um, I eat a lot of um fruit. Um, I, so for instance, this is how I start my day. Typically, I have a cup of tea with honey. That's what I use as my sweetener. Um, I also would drop a lemon in there. I heard lemon cuts the fat, so I drop a cup a lemon in a cup of tea. Also, I would I like to start with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then. Often I will go to the gym and on when I come back from the gym, I'll make a three egg omelet with spinach. So that way I'll get my protein, my iron and the proper nutrients. Then I'll have a snack like later in the day, which would be something consistent of like yogurt and a fruit or granola bar with a fruit on the side. That's typically my snack. Then I'll have a regular dinner and I try to eat before. I try to eat before 7.30. I don't typically eat after 7.30. That way I don't have, like, I don't go to sleep with excess food in my system. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I stay lean and in within the weight class. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. I try yeah you have a, definitely seems seems pretty well balanced. very lean. Yeah, you are. You definitely have a lot of muscle definition. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it, and when you're down there in body fat levels, it's it's really tough to maintain sometimes. But it sounds like you're very strict, regimented, have it all down, have a routine down. Um, yeah, that's all it takes, pretty much. Once you get into the routine, um, your weight pretty much will stay consistent. Um, yeah. What I'd like to tell people also with nutrition, don't go crazy. Every now and then, have you know your favorite snack or something that you like. Like me personally, like on a weekend, I might have a beer or two. You know, you can't you can't put yourself in that strict regimen all the time because then you know you get cranky, miserable, and that's not a good look. So I try to you know on a weekend I'll cheat a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you if you ever give yourself a chance to actually indulge in anything, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's it's definitely important because it's it's tough to just continually 
live that regimented lifestyle with your nutrition. Uh, man, we live in the world today. You could get, I just had this bananas foster milkshake in the city. Nice. And that thing was, was banging. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I could do the whole dieting down to that kind of weight class. And I love eating too much. <laughs> no, I like food. I like food. But like I said, I try to have that big meal prior to seven thirty. So, and that pretty much works well for me. That way I have a few hours to burn off a few extra calories, you know, just by doing daily routine stuff. Yeah. So we're not even in 2019 yet, but you're getting ready, preparing for those 2020 games in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and I think when's the uh, summer Olympics? Sometime in like, um, August, typically. Oh, August, a little later. Uh, so what's what's like the road to the games look like for you? You got some specific meets you got to do in the meantime here? Correct, correct. So coach John Gaglione is my coach as well, and he's going with me to in February down to Virginia for national qualifiers for the world team, for the national team. So, which I have a, you know, a great chance of making the team due to the fact that Currently, the strongest person in my weight class is putting up somewhere in the range of like 240 as their max. And my opener is at like 250 right now. So, you know, I'm definitely on a good road to making the team. Sounds like you're on pace. That's for sure. Yep. So, you know, by February, I hope to even be much stronger than what I am now. Then from there, um, there's a world championship there's world championship games in Kazakhstan. There's also, and I believe that will be hosted somewhere in the area of the uh, August of 2019. Then there's another meet in like Dubai somewhere in like November of 2019 as well. And depending on how I perform at those meets, that would give me my international ranking. And typically it's the top seven lifters in the world that are invited to the Olympic Games. And is that in the whole world? Are you talking like just the U.S.? No, in the world. In the world, it's the top seven lifters in the world. That okay. is invited to the, the Olympic Games there. Correct. Yep. That sounds like you're in for a nice ride there. You got a few meets coming up. You know, I always, I always really everything to football. So when you got that. That like big qualifying meet, I think of it. Uh, this is the playoffs. We got the AFC champion. Exactly, exactly. That Super Bowl game. Exactly, and um, another thing I want to mention is that the thing with the World Championships that's different from the Olympics is that you can have multiple lifters from the same country competing in the same meet in the same weight class. However, with the Olympics, it's the top athlete from each country. So say, for instance, I am ranked number one in the world, and there's another American that's ranked number two. Unfortunately, the person that's ranked number two, they won't have the opportunity to go to the Olympic Games due to the fact it's one individual from each country. I got you. When it comes to powerlifting. I got you. Yeah, yeah that, you only. That's why the Olympics are what they are. You know, you only got the best athletes there. Yeah, you want the and best of the best yeah. from each country. Yeah. So I want to uh, delve a little bit on what exactly your handicap is, and then like when that happened, uh, what happened. You want to mention that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so as you know, I am a disabled athlete. 
and I injured my, my spinal cord was injured due to a gunshot wound and the T12 section of my spine. Um, it's incomplete. So I do have mobility, somewhat mobility in my legs. I could walk short distances with assistive devices, such as braces, crutches, and, um, or walker. Um, it occurred, I was outside on a random day across the street from my house and some guy just came up and started shooting at everybody that was outside across the street. <laughs> and in a blink, yep, in a blink of an eye, my whole life changed by just being outside. And that's crazy. Yeah, and, and it really um, you know, for a lot of individuals when they are faced with like adversity such as the adversity I was faced it with no longer being able to, you know, move my legs in the capacity that I used to, especially that I was six in the city and rushing prior to my injury as well. Um, you know, I just took it as, you know, that's life, you know, life could throw you lemons and you make lemonade. And that's why I titled my Ted talk. Life is like lemonade just for that fact that, and you hear about it all the time. Psychopaths going to a school, going to a public setting and they just shooting up people and, kill someone, kill 10 people, kill 20 people, things like that. It occurs every day. And um, that's an incident that happened to me. So I'm pretty much thankful for, you know, God, you know, keeping me here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people can't live their life in fear because just in your case, you know, you're just standing outside and that happens. Exactly. So yeah. I know a lot of people try to avoid like major public places, but uh, you could literally be anywhere or something. Yeah. Yeah, you hear about things all the time, such, hey, look at 9-11. When people boarded the plane that day, yeah. they didn't know that was going to happen. So You never know. You can't live your life in fear. That's a big lesson. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I live my life fearless. That's why I do some of the things I do, like rock climb, jet ski. I saw that, that video just the other day, rock climbing there. Yeah, man. That was wild. Yeah, um... You know, it, I actually climbed on an able body wall um, due to the fact that it wasn't much of a challenge, but I was at a fundraising event for children with disabilities and it was a little kid and he wasn't strong enough to obviously climb the wall. He was 10 years old and he was in a wheelchair. And then um, one of my coaches, my track coaches was there. It was like, I think Garrison could climb the wall. So I looked at it. I said, you know what? I'll go for it. Why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? Not? <laughs> it's not like I'm going to fall or anything and, you know, somebody's going to hold the rope for me and I'm going to have assistance. So that was well, pretty dope. I got up there too. When you reach the top. You yeah, I made it to the top. I made it to the top. That's got to be some kind of crazy upper body strength. It was, man. The lats, my lats was firing. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know we got fire lats for a big bed. So you're... Exactly. So it, it all, you see, everything comes into play somehow, some form. <laughs> so how how'd you adapt to now life in a wheelchair and like the struggles at first and how'd you overcome some of that stuff? Well, um, see, I'm an only child, which a lot of people don't know. So my parents always instilled in me at a young age, things like I can't quit, always depend on yourself and they have gave me a strong mindset and my mom is very strong minded as well. So once I was injured, um, you know, she said she would not be able to get me out of this. Like, this is something I have to get through. I have to overcome it and I have to go on and live a wonderful life. And mind you, I was 17 years old. So 
that, you know, when, when she put it in that context, it was like, I don't have any time to be depressed. I don't have any time to feel sorry for myself. I just have to go out into the world and show everybody else that you can make it no matter what obstacles you're faced with, no matter what is thrown in, you know, thrown in your direction, you just got to get over it. And that's what I set out to do. So I did, I was in rehab for quite some time, approximately like six, almost a year. Actually, I was in rehab almost a year. And and, um, I graduated high school and everything. Once I graduated high school, then I went on to college. um, And that was where I made the greatest like um, adaption. That's how I was able to adapt to society through college. Because once I got to college, I was accepted. Everybody was like, this is Garrison. Like we, everybody wanted to be around me, which was wonderful. And I embraced it. Like, cause people was more inquisitive on like, how do I, you know, get up every day just to make it to school. And, you know, a lot of individuals fight with just getting up and going out and doing something with their life. So through that, people started feeling inspired and things of that nature. And I would just embrace with open arms. And from there, I took it like, you know what? I want to give some of this energy off into the universe. And that's how I always kept an optimistic mind. So school really, really helped with my recovery. Yeah. It looks like your mom really like instilled a good sense of values in you. Just because you definitely embody that. Even when I see you, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you're always in a good mood. You're always just ready to get after it. Yeah, because you got to think about it. There's, you could live two ways. You could be miserable or you could live happy. At the end of the day, you still got to live. So I always saw the glass as half full instead of half empty. So I don't really like, there's not too much that would get me upset or get me mad. I'm never down on myself. You know, everybody have days where it's just not their day. But I just think about it as, you know, once the day is over, tomorrow's another day to accomplish your goal, to attain your aspiration, and just to move forward. And like, even with school, like my mom was like, you know, after you graduate, you only have like six months to find a job. Like, you don't, <laughs> I'm I'm treating you like I would treat you if you was walking. So there's no discrimination. And that's the key. Like, if you don't want to be discriminated against, you have to actually do everything in society that everybody else does. So, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, um, you know, if, if you don't know, uh, Garrison shows up to the gym every time. And he always greets you with a smile. Happiest dude in the whole room. Um, you know, that inspires me every time. Because, you know, some some mornings I might not have my coffee. You know how dead yeah, I am. Yeah, I know how you go. <laughs> but, you know, you come in, you're all pumped up. That just kind of amps me up, too. And, um, yeah, that's that's my favorite quality of you. You always got that smile on. Yeah, man, gotta have gotta have a smile. If I could brighten someone's day with a smile, you know that's my goal. Yeah. Some some people' goal in life is to make piss someone off, make someone miserable, but that's not me. I want everybody to be happy. You know, everybody to feel motivated once they you know and come in contact with me, because that's just how I am. Like I'm here to show everybody that there's more to life than to sit back and dwell on things that are really irrelevant. Because life goes on. I'm sure you uh, you meet a lot of people that are kind of in a, a same situation as yourself. Uh, maybe it just happened or whatever case may be. And they don't really know what to do. Um, 
Like what? What's some of the things you say to those those people? Yeah, yeah it's funny you ask that because there's a lot of individuals that I've came into contact with. Um, and within the last year, my big money G Instagram grown tremendously over like six thousand followers. Um, and now I'm up to like seventy eight hundred. When I beginning of the year, I only had like a thousand, and it was all due to like the positive impact that I'm trying to have on society. So a lot of individuals now reach out to me because I'm one of those people that is comfortable with talking about anything. So there'll be a lot of younger individuals that typically don't have any guidance um, in regards to their injury. So they'll reach out to me, you know, asking me questions on what could they do? How could they get involved in certain, you know, certain um, organizations and things of that nature. So I try to provide them with some resources. Also, that's why I created my website and organization just to provide awareness to spinal cord injuries and disabilities as a whole. And that way I gave people an outlet where they could find me and reach out to me to inquire certain things, because like there's a lot of individuals that's dealing with depression and it's crazy because I, I met a few individuals that said if they didn't see my video on Instagram or Facebook, they were just thinking about committing suicide. And that that really has a strong impact on me because I'm like, I never had those thoughts. So I'm like, why would you have those thoughts? But then I, you know, I dive deeper into it and I'm like, maybe because they didn't have resources, they don't know that they could still be a model or they could still achieve whatever they want in life. And that's what I'm here to provide them with, you know, inspiration. Not only that, I'm going to provide them with resources. If they contact me and, you know, want to get involved in something, it takes nothing for me to send them a link to a website to click on and register. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I've seen your uh, your website there. Very well put together. Um, you know, it's, it really pumps me up when I'm seeing it. So I can <laughs> only imagine uh, for someone else too, but. Yeah, you definitely give off positive vibes whenever we see you, and uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing because it's it's really awesome. Of course, coach. You know that's how we got to do it. Yeah. Winners over here. How do you uh, manage training with with the disability? I mean, I'm sure there's some unique things that you got to overcome. You know, whether it's you yeah, I get strapped up to the bench and some other stuff. And well, me pretty much, I'm a daredevil, so I just try different things like. For instance, pull-ups. I had to take a strap off one of my racing chairs, and then I said, you know what? Maybe if I could strap myself down in a wheelchair, because I don't have a seatbelt or anything, if I could strap myself down in a wheelchair, maybe I'll be able to do some pull-ups. So I found a way <laughs> to strap myself down without, you know, having to, you know, add any other attachments other than a simple stra- Velcro, Velcro strap that I strap across my waist, and I attach it to the chair. And then I just pull myself up because a lot of um, facilities isn't really handicap accessible, especially gyms. So that's a big thing. Um, You know, finding ways, different ways to do the same exercises. Um, So I pretty much modify a lot of things and I take a chance and see where it goes. With benching, um, yeah, I have to strap myself down um, just below my waist. And I have to have my legs elevated on some type of platform because that's how para power lifters have to lift. Um, so that's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And for a lot of individuals who never seen it, um, 
it could be quite amazing because you're pretty much using strictly upper body strength. It's not much leg drive in, associated with it. So you got to work on your core stability, and that's a major key, your core stability. So I try to stay as lean as possible due to that fact as well because, um, yeah, excess, excess weight wouldn't really benefit me. Yeah, no, I, I, I can uh, see where that would come into play. I mean, most your stability is just going to be coming through the lats. And, and again, you're just amazing core strength because uh, you don't have that, what I call like that tripod base and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's definitely, and that, that makes what you're doing like 250 plus. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super impressive, especially at 123 lean. Yeah. Um, you know, that's over double body weight. And yeah. That's that's what I call killing it on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, and it, it's pretty cool. And I think this was all like manifested for me, honestly, because I was, like I said, I, I was I'm a tax analyst for the Department of Treasury, and I was in front of my computer one day. I'm like, this is not the life for me. This was like approximately almost two years ago, and I'm like, I'm way too <laughs> cool for this, and I could. With much bigger impact to society than just being in front of a computer screen. And that's how everything kind of started. So I started with the modeling thing first. And from modeling, it got me into athletics. And then it was one thing after another. I don't know if you noticed, but I actually started doing some modern dance. I joined the modern dance group. And oh, yeah, you saw a video of that or talk about that. Yeah, and that's that's pretty different. So I try to incorporate different um, social activities into my life to showcase to other individuals that there are opportunities. You just have to find something you like and go for it. So I said, one day I said, I said, I want to be a dancer too. So I just went out and became a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, that's something just a lot of people just don't do. Like uh, you just get caught up in your ways and you don't want to think outside the box or try something new and here you are just going for it and uh you know you know how it's gonna go but you're gonna do it anyway exactly um, exactly and and the way like i told you i'm very optimistic so anything i do i i know it's gonna be successful that's how i think like i don't think it's gonna like be that. a barrier i don't think that i'm not gonna like it i i feel that everything is you know opportunity to experience something new and it usually works out in my favor yeah uh so you also did a TED Talk, yeah, uh, a huge deal. Uh, how did that end up coming about? So yeah, so back to two years ago, I was at my computer desk, um, and I just started thinking of different things I could do. So I was modeling for one particular clothing line called Courtesy of, and then I met two of my now like best friends, um, Ben and Justin, which is the owners of Milf Dad. Yeah. So. They, you know, gave me an amazing opportunity to be a brand ambassador for them. And that's how, now I'm going to get into how the TED Talk came about. This is just how funny the world works. So we, this was before they even had the clothes produced or anything of that nature. It just was a name. And then they designed this awesome tracksuit and they designed the awesome wheelchair for me to actually model in. And... From there, we entered a fat. We they was invited to host a fashion show, in which I met the director of Fashion Week Brooklyn. This gentleman I go by the name of Ricky Davy, and 
He's like, yo, you could be a model. So I'm like, all right, I, I'm down. Like, I know I don't have any modeling experience, but I'm down. And from there, I met this wonderful lady, um, Connie Chi. She's like the ment- a mentor to me. She's always giving me these incredible ideas like, Garrison, you should do this. You should do that. So I met with her one day, and this was probably September of 2017, somewhere in that area. And she started telling me like all these incredible things I should be out here doing. And then she asked me, do I like my job? And I said, no, I was just at the computer desk saying to myself, I do not like this job. Why I'm here. I'm too cool for this. So she's like, start an organization or something. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. And then she said, do a TED talk. And at the time, I didn't know anything about TED talks. And I started researching them, meet my cousin and I, and we actually found one that was being held in Long Island, actually in Deer Park. So I applied to it. I had no speaking experience prior to this. <laughs> That's, I want to make note of that. You've been nervous, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah you, you're nervous, but when you're prepared, once you get prepared, then, you know, the nerves start to unravel and then you start to get a little more comfortable. But um, yeah, I applied and they accepted me. Um, they selected me for the TED Talk. And when I did it, I came up with the concept of how life is like lemonade. And if you use that theory and overcome an adversity, you will propel to heights that you never could imagine. And, you know, all you need, if you think about lemons in its natural state, it's very sour. But once you add a little bit of water, sugar, and some ice, then that lemonade is sweet and refreshing. And once I put that term together, I was like, this is, this is it. This is where, this is who I am. And I spoke and the feedback from it was like incredible. You know, a lot of individuals, I spoke about some of the hardships that I faced as far as, you know, just living with a disability. Like when I was in college, there was a steep hill that I had to go up every day, but I, you know, in the rain, sleet, snow, just like everyone else. However, it brought awareness that, you know, if I'm willing to go to school every day, the next person could go to school every day, no matter the elements that, you know, is they faced with. And from there, it just led to one opportunity after another, because I really believe that if you give off good energy, opportunities happen for you. And there's a need for awareness in the disabled community, because like the unemployment rate is 70%. So a lot of these individuals is like in their house, you know, all day with no opportunities and the lack of resources to support even like their family or to support their daily living. So I wanted to bring awareness to that. So it was a very, I got very good feedback from it and it was very impactful. Yeah, that, I mean, that's opened up the gates to a lot more speeches since then, right? Yeah, yeah. How often does an opportunity like that pop up? I'm sure you've done quite a few now. Yeah, and within the last year, because this the TED talk I did was February of 2017 of 2018. It was earlier this year. Yeah. Wow. See, so much things happened this year that I I sometimes forget that it's still the same year that we're in the same calendar year. When you look back on it like that. Yeah. So um, I also did a talk with um, Ignite Talk, which was hosted by um computer companies such as Intel. Um, and I met like inventors and things of that nature that would, you know, want that wants to assist 
with the movement that I'm that I have started in bringing um disability awareness and just like finding a cure for certain um diseases or injuries that you know because if we sent the man to the moon in 1960s I believe then there should be a cure for like paralysis by now <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> makes sense if you can do all that crazy stuff it's just a matter of time I'm sure they're going to come up with a lot of crazy stuff yeah. yeah and then they got a lot of stuff like overseas that's experimental and things of that nature um but that's stuff for like, you know, when opportunity presents itself necessarily. I mean, I'm comfortable with being in a chair. Like, I don't have any issues as far as that. I'm not one of those people, you know, I just take life as it's handed. So if I have to live life in a chair, I'm going to live it to the fullest. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's up? Uh, what's up with the fashion gig there? Oh, I, I seen you uh, wearing some real... Real crazy stuff. Got a big old fur robe and stuff. Yeah, yeah. now. See, it's funny because, like, you know, people catching on. And they a lot of opportunities is coming my way as far as fashion and modeling. So, um, you know, there's a lot of international companies that's looking for individuals with disabilities. And there's not a lot of them out there because, you know, individuals with disabilities typically do not feel as if they are going to be, you know, that they can be a model or actor or anything of that nature in which they can. And there's actually um, companies and brands out there that's looking for people that's in my position. So um, the one you're referencing is it was an Asian um, brand. I'm not too sure of the name, but it's going to come out in temper magazine, which is an Asian editorial magazine on fashion. And that's where I was doing, I did that gig at, and it was pretty cool. It was pretty awesome doing something different. That's not typically the fashion style I would go for, but I loved it. And the feedback was great. So, you yeah, know, I got to say it was my favorite that I've seen so far. Is yeah, that, exactly. That one, <laughs> King's Robe. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I liked it. That one was awesome. Uh, you also you, you showed me you had a uh, like a racing wheelchair too. Is that that's something you have? Someone yeah, I have a racing wheelchair. I also have a hand bike. Um, thing was badass looking. Yeah, I compete with the New Jersey Navigator, so they um so I train with the racing chair. Um, for those of you who don't who doesn't know what a racing chair look like, well, it's kind of it got one wheel in the front. There's a handbrake in the front. You lean forward. So your legs are usually behind you. It's not really in a seated position because you're pretty much sitting on your knees. And the elite athletes could take those things up to 21 miles per hour around the track. It weighs approximately 10 pounds. It's very light, very easy to um, maneuver. However, you got to get skills with it. It's another, it's, you know, it's just another avenue. So Racers typically, like a 100-meter racer is complete in that in approximately 11 seconds. And I think Usain Bolt completes 100 meters in 9.97 seconds, somewhere in that area. So para-athletes are getting a lot faster, stronger, and more competitive. Yeah, I mean, that would, that would scare the shit out of me, to tell you the truth. Flying through like that, that. Yeah, I would be nervous. Yeah, no, nah, I, I see the crash. 
Yeah, I've seen crashes at speeds of like 22 miles per hour where people helicopter in in the sky and things of that nature. Think of a, um, a NASCAR race, the same concept. Except you don't have those like kind of walls around you, you know? Yeah, you don't. You you don't. don't. <laughs> All you have is your helmet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, well, good luck with that. Yeah. That seems to be going well for you. And the chair looks badass. I love the look of that thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty hardcore. I also got a bike. I didn't. I didn't break that out. I didn't reveal every. I didn't reveal that yet. I'm um, waiting for summer. That's pretty badass, also. <laughs> so I uh, want to want to round it out a little bit. Just talking about how how your training's going currently right now. You know, we've been doing some cool stuff in the gym. I know we just threw you on the the bamboo bar for yeah. the first time like last month. That was that was completely new to you. That went well. Um, yeah, how's, how's training going in general now? How do you feel about it? You just—it's going great. It's positive, man. I, I love it. I mean, I'm getting the proper training, and things are excelling. Um, for those of you who don't know, I only bench press because in para sports, you know, without the use of the legs, um, <laughs> I only can bench press. And Benny, that's all he does is bench press. So, <laughs> so it's pretty great. It's like a perfect connection right there, like. We just bench press and I love bench pressing. Um, I always loved working out. I mean, I stopped when I got injured um, due to the fact that I didn't know the limitations that I would have. However, once I got back into it, um, I just, it's great. And now that I'm training at, you know, Gaglion Strength and y'all guys are wonderful over there. You know, y'all embrace me with open arms. You know, it's, the, it's a great environment to be in. Yeah, we have a good time. Yeah, we have a good time. And, you know, everybody's there for one thing, to get stronger, to get better. And not only that, it's just to, you know, be positive. It's a positive environment to train in. And that's the best thing about it. So you so you have a million and one things going on. Yeah. How, can we, how can we keep up with you and all the stuff that you're doing? Okay, well, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name is Big Money G. It's B I G M O N E Y Y G E E. Um, also, my website is thegarrisonredproject.org. And you can find me on Facebook under Garrison Red, LinkedIn Garrison Red, YouTube Garrison Red. I'm pretty much a self brand. So everything is Garrison Red. Just Type it in and it pops, Garrison Red pops right up. <laughs> I tell you, anyone listening has got to go follow Big Money G on Insta for sure uh, because it's motivation the videos you're putting up. Yeah, you got some awesome stuff like the rock climbing thing I just saw. That was awesome. You see all this fashion stuff, his talks, his training. Um, yeah, really a lot of cool stuff there. So I encourage everyone, definitely. Give Big Money G a follow on the Instagram. Check out his website for sure. Yeah. Um, just want to say thanks for, for coming on. Anytime, bro. Anytime. You know, for y'all, it's anytime. And <laughs> we'll definitely have to check up with you as the, the games get closer, too, because that's, that's going to be a wild experience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or, you know, right after <laughs> World Championships, we're going to have to check back in, you know, after I get a nice gold medal from that um, meet. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And then you I make them on your wall. You have have a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get you in uh, in the Big Benches HQ sometime, too. We'll do some yeah, stuff. whenever, man. Just let me know. You know, I'll pull up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So uh, you know where to find us at Big Benches, BigBenches.com. You can check us out on the YouTube. And, of course, if you listen to this podcast, we really appreciate if you can uh, give us a five-star review. helps uh, the ratings of the podcast. And, uh, you know, if you if you loved Big Money G here, give him a follow and, uh, you know, hit that that like button, that rating button, and uh, hopefully more people hear this. Definitely feel free to share it out. I'm going to share it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, some great stuff um, that Big Money G talked about, real inspirational, so they can really help anyone out. All right, my friend. Um, so just stay on the, the air for a second. Uh, for everyone listening, this has been uh, <laughs> The Bench Cast.